Welcome to the Modern Goat Rider Podcast. The opinions expressed by our hosts and guests are strictly their own and do not represent the positions of any lodge, grand lodge, or other branches of the independent order of Odd Fellows. Our conversations will be open to the public for the purposes of inspiring our global membership and promoting the order. And now, let's continue the journey. To the Modern Goat Rider podcast. I'm Billy Sanderson. And I'm Josh Miller. How are you today, Josh? I'm doing great, Billy. As always, That's... when I'm talking about Odd Fellowship, I am happy. <laughs> That's great. Uh, today, we're going to have an interview with Becky Ald. Uh, Josh wasn't able to make the interview, so you are t- with me and Becky. Uh, but before we get to that, do you have anything on your mind, Josh? Well, Becky's story is an amazing journey of uh, one woman through Odd Fellowship and an, and a whole group of women um, who created something that had been never had never been seen before in our order. Um, I'm not going to spoil it for you yet, but the pride that I have uh, within this community for what uh, her and her sisters have accomplished is beyond measure, and I really think that it could be it could be a formula for how Odd Fellowship could. Um, uh, continue to run in the future. Yeah, I agree. And uh, this, it's important to have the Bastion story early in our uh, series because it is a major contributor to the vitality of Victoria. With Victoria having three lodges and three different lodges, mostly in their uh, membership, but that contributes to the culture of each uh, lodge. And I, too, am really uh, excited to have Becky on uh, because she explains a lot of the challenges they faced uh, as a group that was building uh, excitement and energy within their uh, their membership as Rebecca's. There's a bit of a spoiler, um, but not uh, not to overthrow the membership that was already there in the Rebecca's. And so. I really like the story, and I hope everyone does too. Yeah, and listeners, um, uh, Becky Ald has a she's a, a quiet voice, but she carries a large Odd Fellow stick. Uh, she has been the Noble Grand of the Rebecca's, two-time Noble Grand of Odd Fellows, and is currently the Grand Secretary of the uh, Grand Lodge of British Columbia. She's an amazing asset to our order, and we hope you enjoy this interview. Here we are, and we're in uh, Studio FLT, which is now in my basement, and uh, we're here with Becky Ald, and Becky is a special guest for us because we are going to talk about her lodge, Bastion 4, uh, its origins, and uh, and a bit about kind of where Bastion is as far as a culture of a lodge and a success story, because they are quite a success in Victoria. So hello, Becky. Hello. Uh, Becky uh, has been in Odd Fellows for some time, so why don't we start with just a little bio for Odd Fellow bio? Mm, sure. Uh, I joined the uh, Odd Fellows about 
nine years ago. Well, I guess I know. I joined the order about nine years ago. I was a Rebecca for the first two to two and a half years. And then we took about six months to one year off before starting our Odd Fellows Lodge, Bastion Number no. 4. And Bastion Number no. 4 has just celebrated its fifth anniversary. So it's five years old. Um, a couple of years ago, I joined the Grand Lodge of British Columbia, which is the governing body for the Odd Fellows in the province. And uh, at the position I hold there is secretary. Totally sure what else to That's say. Okay. That's great. <laughs> uh, so with the uh, start with Rebecca, so mm-hmm. the uh, the time you're with Rebecca is for two years. Yes. And was there a transformation of kind of the membership at that time in the Rebecca Lodge? Uh, in that lodge, when we joined it, uh, we were brought in. Uh, there was a group of about 10 of us that was introduced to the Rebecca's. It was a group of older ladies that had all been members for many years. And it was a brother from Columbia Number 2 that brought us in, and he was hoping to revitalize the Rebecca's Lodge, uh, as Columbia 2 had been revitalized over the last few years at that time. Uh, So we met the ladies, learned a little bit about Oddfellows and Rebecca's, and the majority of the group that was at that um, that little intro, welcome to our lodge meeting, the majority of those ladies decided to join. They really, they they loved the idea of what Oddfellows and Rebecca's stood for. Uh, Everyone was very like-minded in that they wanted a way to give back to their community and a fun way to do it with a group of other like-minded people. And so everybody in that intro group joined the Rebecca's and they were, they were members for most of them stuck it out the whole two and a half years. Uh, we did bring a couple more in at one point and then as a group, they decided to transition over to, over to odd fellows, uh, after that two and a half year mark. Right. And so this transition is, uh, to a lodge that was a unique lodge in the, my understanding is that it was chartered uh, by only uh, women. Yes. And that might have been the first in North America? To my knowledge, uh, coming from some of the, the older members that have been, you know, members for 50 plus years. Right. Um, it was the first lodge in our area, I forget if it was a province or the country, to get um, new lodge to even get a charter. Right. Uh, in 50 to 70 years. Mm-hmm. Um, also, to my knowledge, it's the first ever uh, women's... Chartered Lodge. Yeah, yeah. Women's... Um, it's the first ever women's-oriented lodge okay. uh, in North America. Okay. And so the chartering of that lodge uh, begins by joining the Columbia Lodge? Yes. Um in order to, in order for us to start an Odd Fellows Lodge, uh, we had to have so many already existing Odd Fellow members. Um, our whole entire group were Rebecca's, uh, so we couldn't just make that that jump. Uh, Columbia Number Two offered to sort of help us out, partner up with us, mm-hmm. and initiated us all in Columbia Number Two. 
where we could be members, attend meetings, and get our degrees. Uh, once we all had third degrees, at that point we could petition the Grand, the Grand Lodge for our charter. Uh, that whole process, it didn't take too long. It took us a few months, um, uh, but petitioning and waiting for the charter mm. did take some time. So that's where that one-year lull between the Rebecca's and Bastion Number 4 is. So I would like to talk a little bit about the, uh, I guess, that separation. Okay. And if that was a, uh, a, situ- a separation from Rebecca's that was... Um, anticipated or was that a communicated uh, maybe i'm feeding you too many things here but i'm i'm trying to get a, a gist about kind of the re- the reaction to a rebecca lodge that was probably like the columbia lodge many years ago when the revitalization started so was there a uh, an excitement and enthusiasm within the rebecca's that there were new members coming in in a in quite a group uh yes the ladies were they were super excited to have us. Um, they were very welcoming. They were wonderful. They loved listening to all of our ideas on how we wanted to revitalize and what we wanted to do in our community. Um, yeah, they know they were very supportive. Uh, it went really, really well for the first little bit. We were learning. Uh, it needed a lot of guidance. There was some challenges with learning because many of the Rebecca members have been members for 40, 50, 60 years, and this, um, you know, the way the lodges run, the the positions and the the duties were second nature to them. It was just, it was reflex, but we were trying to learn, and it had been many years since they had had to teach anyone, so there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a learning curve, um, you know, to get that guidance or help. Uh, They were all willing. They were great. After... Probably after the first year, um, things started to get a little bit more challenging for us. Uh, basically, what we, they, what the younger group of members, um, there, was, there was quite a division in ages between the new younger members and the original older members. The younger members decided that, you know, the ladies were really happy to have us and to, to see their lodge carry on. And they loved hearing all the ideas, but they were really unsure of all these huge changes that we were uh, talking about and wanting to, to implement. When it actually came time to make some of the changes and adjustments is when we started to get resistance. When we first brought up the ideas, everybody was open and accepting. Uh, then the resistance came when when we started to implement those things. And so we noticed a few, and then we sat down, we had a meeting with them, and we said, uh, explained ourselves and why we wanted to go in the direction we were going, which was more uh, community-oriented. We wanted to be out on the streets more. We wanted to be hands-on and doing things, raise money, give that out, uh, go on the streets and, and help people and touch mm-hmm. their lives in some way. And we had to, we learned you know, over that last year, that the Rebecca's Lodge had become more more about um, socialization for them. It was their it was their outing with their friends. It was you know lunch and and tea and you know getting of the house, having something to do. Mm-hmm. But it was it had for them. It was much more social. 
for us, we wanted to to get out and, and give back and be a little bit more hands-on. Uh, they didn't seem to have too much of a problem with us doing that. Um, they were a lot older. They didn't necessarily want to be out pounding the pavement, and I, we totally understood that. Um, there were definitely some issues, you know, when when things came up about raising money, how we wanted to raise money, um, how we wanted to see the meetings run. Mm-hmm. There, uh, they didn't. There were a lot of things that they did not like or agree with. And we tried to make adjustments. We tried to bend to a point, but it, we just found that it was it was just too restrictive. It's too restrictive for us. Um, too many rules. <laughs> and so, so the idea of breaking into mm-hmm. a new lodge, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, you 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 felt like you didn't have those uh, systemic kind of legacy st- uh, uh, issues still sitting around. That yeah. as the group you would you would uh, you would head off and be a bastion. Uh, so what was once you became at the new lodge? What was the was it an excitement again? Um, was there a freedom feel in your group that these ideas could flow? Yeah, yeah. Everything came back because it was it was that same core group of people that was so excited initially. And we were just getting bogged down by, you know, rules and regulations, and that's not how we've always done things. Um, not a lot of room for change. Uh, we actually were all resigning. Hmm. We uh, we didn't know that we were going to start an Oddfellows Lodge. Hmm. We just sort of decided if this is the way it's going to be, this is not. This is not what we wanted. This is not working out. Um, it was too frustrating. Uh, all this excitement was in everyone was was just being snuffed out. They were frustrated. Kids and partners at home were saying, "Why are you doing this? Mm. This is this is not what you what you originally were talking about. This is not what you wanted." Uh, so the group resigned, mm. and we had it presented to us. Once they, once the, I think it was Columbia number two members heard that thus that we were resigning, it was someone came up and says, what about, mm-hmm. you know, has anybody thought about starting another Oddfellows Lodge? Um, you guys have unique ideas and a totally unique energy that's different from the other two Oddfellow Lodges that already shared the building. Has anybody thought about starting a new one? For us, we'd only been in the organization for about two years. We didn't really even realize that that was a possibility. Uh, And at that point, we started to talk about it again. And then that's where the excitement started to come back. Uh, People started to, you could see that light coming back into their eyes. And they they were excited again. They could see, you know, that dream that they started with. They could see that possibility of that being realized Mm -hmm. if they went this route. Uh, we never could have done it without a mountain of support. Uh, it took us about a year to put the whole thing together. And and then we had Bastion, and we've been flying ever since. Yeah. So you were the first Noble Grand with Bastion? Yes. And one term, two terms? Uh, two terms. Okay. Uh, with the Rebecca's, I was Vice Grand and Noble Grand. 
And then uh, when the ba- when Bastion started, normally you would have to work up the ranks in order to reach Noble Grand and an Oddfellow's Lodge, but because we were a brand new lodge, we needed to just put people in places we could we were unable to work up the ranks so with a a dispensation granted to us by our grandmaster of british columbia we were allowed to skip that process of working our way up the ranks so the third degree members could be placed into positions within the lodge we decided as a group to hold all of our last positions that we had in the rebecca lodge so i stayed as noble grand the mm. vice my vice grand the rebecca's lodge became my vice grand in my oddfellows lodge and so on and then our first year was such a steep learning curve and it was so much work we were exhausted nobody wanted to learn a new position so again we voted to allow everyone to hold their same positions for a second term mm-hmm. um and then look at changing positions in our third year. Right. Okay. Um, so when you are a, I'll use the politically correct term, a single gender lodge, like Columbia and like Bastion are, you smirk at me. <laughs> uh, do you find that there's a uh, a culture that maybe maybe I'll lead you into this too much, but the 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 idea of a culture of any lodge, I think, is really important. And you saw the culture of the Rebecca Lodge, and now you were going to try to establish a, a culture of Bastion. Mm-hmm. And did that hit your radar, or were you was that in those early years, or were you watching for that? I think the culture of Bastion was what we were hoping to do in the Rebecca's. I think that that uh, that energy, that group, the like-mindedness of everyone—you know—we were all on the same page, mm-hmm. and we all wanted the same things. We all kind of had the the same idea of how to go about it, what we wanted to see. We all had a similar vision in the Rebecca's. So I think when we rolled it over into Bastion, it was already there, mm-hmm. and a lot of that that legwork or those ideas had already happened in the in the previous years. Uh, speaking about our dreams and our ideas. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that transitioned over quite easily. So it wasn't, um, yeah, I don't think that I really saw a particular culture forming because I believe when Bastion formed, we kind of already had that culture because right. okay. we already had a, a decent core group of people that had been together for a number of years mm-hmm. uh, before becoming Bastion. Um, but yes, we definitely... There's a unique culture to it, uh, and I really believe that Victoria has it all, right? You've got your single gender lodges, uh, you've got your mixed gender lodge, and all three lodges have totally unique groups of people. Um, There's something to meet everyone's needs, and yeah, it's great when we work within our own lodge on our own projects and it's amazing when we work together with the other lodges Mm -hmm. on joint projects right so bastion now sits right around 50 members i believe i just over just over 50 50. so 50 members and you chartered with you would have chartered with six a minimum Mm. but you would have been seven or eight yeah i think i think we had about 10 okay um but we had seven, we might have even had a little more, maybe even 12, but we had, you know, seven or eight that were diehards and, you know, just like to 
torture ourselves and be there all the time. And, oh, okay. You know. <laughs> different uh, points in different people's sure. lives, they can put in more time than others. Yeah, of uh, course. Yeah, I, th- I believe we did have a, a half-decent group that moved up, you know, a dozen or something. Uh, but a good chunk of the work those couple of years fell on the shoulders of you know, eight or so right. members. Mm-hmm. Okay. And drawing in new members, what was your uh, sort of selling feature for Bastion? Hmm. Uh, the first year, I don't think we tried too hard. We were just trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next year, we focused a little bit more on that once we felt a little bit more comfortable. Um, how do we want to draw them in? We want it to be fun. Um, modern, relevant, upbeat, and hands-on in the community. Uh, we wanted to, you know, to do, to do as much good as we can, either by physically being out there and doing it, or or raising money and handing that money over to a group that can do more with the money than we can do by physically being out there. Mm-hmm. We wanted to do both. Uh, hold, you know, great big fun events that would raise funds. Uh, then we wanted to be on the streets. Um, we were hoping that by having these two large but very different ways of giving back that we would attract more people. Mm -hmm. Some people are much happier organizing events. Uh, They don't want to be out on the streets talking to the people. They would rather, you know, um, put out invitations and decorate and do all the advertising and and silent auction stuff. It's a huge job. It's totally different than the ones that are on the streets making sandwiches, um, handing out soup, giving out gloves and blankets. Uh, but we had a lot of people that also wanted to do that. So we decided to create those or make sure that we had those two uh, distinct options for members to see right. where they felt they fit in. Yeah. Uh, we also made sure that we discussed all the different jobs that go in and around each of them. It's not just the people out on the street handing out food. It's the people in the kitchen that made the food. Maybe you don't want to be on the street, but you love to cook. Mm-hmm. there's something we wanted to present it as there is something for everyone whatever your skill is uh, or your talent or your passion there is a way that you can do that and we can turn it into yeah. giving back side on that is i'm fascinated by that uh multi-discipline that is uh brought into lodges and and some people have just like I'm, I'm only an introvert kitchen. That's where I work. Um, the dishwasher and me were best friends. Yeah. Um, and then you'll have somebody who's the front door and yeah. you have to have those, uh, in every lodge. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, it's part of that. Uh, our talking, I'll give them, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about an experience I had when I went to, um, Portland and I was asked about the three lodges in Victoria and I was mm-hmm. giving this story and Bastion at the time was maybe only three years. Okay. And I presented the what I thought was the utopian situation of, of three lodges with distinct cultures and distinct memberships. And uh, the, I was speaking to somebody who was in a mixed lodge. And they were, they didn't agree or they didn't understand why mm-hmm. there would be a, a, you know, a lodge like Bastion and a lodge 
they understood why Columbia still existed, but they didn't understand why Bastion existed. So, um, love the double standard. Yeah, the double standard. <laughs> Sorry. So when we, when you get out on either in Grand Lodge role or are just promoting, do you uh, receive similar questions? And if you do, how do you respond when somebody asks about a, a women's lodge? Uh, we sure do get those questions. Um, we get those a lot. Uh, right from the very get-go, there were a lot of uh, older members that were really unhappy with this move. And we definitely got a lot of flack at the beginning. Um, we had an immense amount of support. Like I said earlier, we couldn't have done it without that support. Um, because there was a lot of opposition. One way that I answer it, and I'm lucky in the sense that I'm in Victoria, so we have a male-oriented lodge, a female-oriented lodge, and a, uh, a mixed lodge. So you know, it gives something for everyone, wherever, mm-hmm. you can, wherever you feel you have the best fit, we have it. Now in a, in a smaller town or a different town that maybe doesn't have that, I can see that not working. You know, then you are really, by having a single gender lodge, you're really limiting your membership. We liked the idea of the Rebecca's. Mm-hmm. Um, we liked that it was a a group of, of women that get together. Um, we have our own unique sense, or uh, unique sets of challenges in life um, that other women can relate to. If you need someone, you need some advice, you need someone to talk to, you've got this this built-in group of sisters that sort of has your back no matter what. Mm-hmm. And we really like that idea about the Rebecca's. It just a big uh, gap between not just ages, but ideas. Yeah. Um, I guess you could say culture. Uh, and that gap just couldn't be bridged. So there's a generation gap that is that it's obvious when you're just mm-hmm. talking about you know having a a parent child relationship at you know parent teenager relationship um, and there's uh, there's also a generation gap that can exist where you're missing a lot of information because mm-hmm. it was lost between the the older group isn't sharing it and the younger group is trying to learn mm-hmm. but what I'm getting from you is that the the, because the ages are tighter in a bandwidth, probably they're probably the same age bandwidth of the Rebecca's. Maybe they're just starting with a median age that's lower mm-hmm. and therefore the similar life situations. Mm-hmm. And that gives you the the conduit for sharing and the conduit for having talk, uh, topics that you share. Yeah, and a safe space to do it in. Okay. When starting our women's oriented Oddfellows Lodge. Um, we got a lot of questions asking why we didn't join a mixed lodge. Hmm. Uh, Columbia number two is a male oriented lodge, so they didn't want us all. <laughs> and honestly, I don't blame them. They've got a great, unique energy. And, you know, everybody needs a space where they can go and hang out and feel safe and, and mm-hmm. share. 
the other question that came up a lot was why not start a new Rebecca's Lodge? Ah. Why Oddfellows Lodge? And that question went hand in hand with the the single gender lodge. If we're going to do a single gender lodge, why not be a Rebecca's Lodge? If you want to be Oddfellows, why not join the mixed lodge? So those questions always came up together. Um, they weren't the easiest to answer, and I'm only speaking for me and everybody else will have a slightly different take on it, mm-hmm. um, you know, from going through that that transition. We love the energy of the female-oriented group. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things women talk about that men do not want to hear. <laughs> and it was a safe place to be able to do that and joke about it and be fun without the guys having to plug their ears and run away. <laughs> um, but the... Oh, we spent some t- we did spend some time looking at it. Uh, the Rebecca's versus Oddfellows choice when we were thinking about let's start a new lodge. Mm-hmm. We dug into the bylaws of the Rebecca's a little bit deeper, the culture of the Rebecca's, because we only had the experience of our one small lodge. We didn't really know how the other lodges around the province mm-hmm. or even around the country were run. Uh, did they think like us mm-hmm. or did they think like the the older generation? And we, as we did our research and we talked to more members, uh, we talked to odd fellows mostly older odd fellows that 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 knew this they knew a lot more about the Rebecca's organization than we did we kind of came to the conclusion that just that organization as a whole was not going to be a good fit for our group of women okay. um, which is that what then guided us to be looking at the odd fellows lodge and then why keep that as a single gender I don't know how intentional it was, but it was just, it was a group of women. We were all Rebecca's, so we were all women. Mm-hmm. And that's, so that's how it, it started. And there was a group of us. And when you're looking and talking about bringing in new members and bringing in some friends, well, half of these women already had husbands who were odd fellows. Well, they're not going to join our lodge. They're all in Columbia number two. So mm-hmm. when we're bringing in friends or family, it's more women that we're thinking of and that we're bringing in. And we decided that we wanted to keep it that way as much as possible. Um, no lodge can be completely exclusive. Um, that's, you know, that's not politically correct. It's but not our to, constitution either for uh, the province. Yeah, yeah. But to be oriented towards one gender. Right. So we're oriented towards the the female gender uh, most guys are not really going to want to join and hang out with us. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not super interesting to them, not when they have other choices. And in Vancouver, Hemlock 8 is another lodge that was modeled after Bastion. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, they came into being a couple of years after us. Uh, Vancouver number 90 worked, I think, closely with number 2, mm-hmm. uh, revitalizing their lodge and their building and stuff like that. Uh, they loved hearing the idea of the female-oriented lodge, and they really wanted to see if they could start one in Vancouver. They've got a huge population. Uh, they figured that would, you know, be an easy fly. Uh, they had a, got a number of women together. Uh, I was unable to go over for that initial consult 
with those women, uh, but a number of Bastion ladies did talk to them, uh, explaining things. You know, you know, we'd already spent a couple of years ironing out a few kinks of starting mm-hmm. a new lodge. The problem with starting a new lodge is there hadn't been a new lodge in 70 years, so nobody knew how to start a new lodge. Right. <laughs> uh, so there was a lot to learn. And we had no one to guide us because anybody who had been around or alive when the last new lodge was started was no longer around. New members coming to Columbia and coming to Bastion. Uh, I think there's at least six, at least six couples, uh, married couples that are split between the two lodges, maybe more now. And we have, uh, once you're, you have, Two people who are residing together, coming home from meetings and talking about their meetings. <laughs> and uh, you, whether they're decompressing after, uh, you know, a, a positive or negative uh, run at, uh, at the lodge night, they, uh, the lodges run differently. And I think that is another important thing to mention about the Bastion is that Bastion really does set its own agenda and a timetable for its members. And... Um, and it's different than Victoria, and it's different than Columbia. Uh, yep. So we we hear of in spouses who will talk about the the difference in whether you're joining a committee or whether you're not joining a committee or, or whatever. Um, so again, on the culture side, I guess this might be my last culture question: is mm-hmm. with uh, Bastion's style, what mm-hmm. can you tell us about their culture? Do you have um, I, from my wife, who's a member of, of Bastion? We know that there's committees, number of standing committees and so forth, which Columbia does not have any standing committees to, ah. to what, uh, okay. y- yeah. So we have our committees mm-hmm. that are event and are, uh, running for, uh, we have our required committees, of course, visiting committee and, and, um, and finance and executive, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but to have a, a social committee or a committee that is dedicated to certain type of event, we don't have those. We just make committees as we go. So what is it about Bastion's culture that you would say are your, the, the, the things you're proud of or, or that work really well in Bastion that are culture okay. related and not so much the social side? Are there structural or in kind mm. of system things that you have in place? Okay. Well, honestly, the first thing that comes to mind when you say culture that works is wine. <laughs> <laughs> But that's on the social side, so <laughs> a little bit different. But there is always wine. Um, uh, structures in place. I would say a lot of it definitely took some time to come to to decide what types of structures we did want to put into place. The first couple of years were just real scrambly, just trying to figure out. I think that it is a group of. Type A personality women who are very organized and, you know, the chaos of the first couple of years was challenging for all of us. Uh, We did our best. (laughs) Uh, Once we had a couple of groups initiate in and the membership went up, taking the load off the shoulders of that original core group. We sat down, and then we had the energy to look at, this can't continue the way it is. How can we make this better? This needs to be more organized. It needs to be smoother. What systems can we put in place that will 
you know, keep us from each other's throats because <laughs> mm-hmm. we want it to stay that, that idea of sisters mm-hmm. and we don't want to be the fighting sisters. We want to be the sisters that love each other. And so everybody had different ideas. And one of the things that we did come up with is to have a, a number of committees and we will still form committees uh, for each individual event. But we, we were starting with the few committees that were in our bylaws we, that we have to have these standing committees in our bylaws. And then we decided to add a few extras of our own. And I don't really know how different they are from the other lodges. Mm-hmm. Being in other lodges meetings and listening to committee reports and listening to that section, uh, every single lodge does that completely different. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how unique our culture is to someone else. Um, that That is just a very much to taste uh, to what kinds of things is your lodge doing if they're doing a lot of one thing just set up a standing committee rather than continuously forming new committees that's a pain Uh, so we did set up a lot of different standing committees and we're still even still working on the descriptions of those Mm -hmm. uh, and refining them because we don't know uh, the by our own bylaws are pretty vague with a lot of that stuff. Uh, every couple of years, we're kind of trying to add and and uh, twist and fix those as we as we refine this process a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But we were basically we're going for organization. Organization. Okay. <laughs> it was too chaotic. The other thing that I think is quite unique about our. Uh, Culture, structure, the way we do things that I have noticed is very different from anyone else. And I haven't come across another lodge that does this. So this would be mm-hmm. more uniquely Bastion. And I have been asked to talk about it um, at different different things, different Grand Lodge meetings and at different lodges and for different people. When we first were brought into the organization as Rebecca's, uh, learning was hard. And because the older members had been doing it so long, it was reflex. So it was really difficult for them to even know where to start teaching us. Mm. What are the basics? They didn't even remember what the basics were because they it, it's been so long. Uh, coming into Columbia number two, before getting uh, the Bastion Charter, uh, they, they would teach and guide us as much as they could, but it was their own lodge and they were doing their own things. And we were sort of rushing through those steps in order to get this bastion up and running. So once it was up and running, we were kind of on our own. Um, and then we're looking, bringing in new members. And we remembered how challenging it was not knowing anything. I mean, we still didn't feel like we knew anything. <laughs> so we decided, a small group of us decided right then and there that any new members coming in, uh, will first of all they have to have a sponsor mm-hmm. and I think a lot of lodges do do that where someone has to sponsor you in they're putting their name on the line for you and once they've gone through the once the, that sponsored person has gone through the interviews and all those kinds of things and they're, they're accepted and initiated they get put together with a buddy mm-hmm. and the buddy is not allowed to be your sponsor Right. So we're forcing you to meet, get to know, talk to uh, an older member of the lodge. And that buddy 
So between the buddy and the sponsor, it's their jobs to teach and tutor you. Hmm. So rather than tutoring, trying to tutor the whole group, um, each new person has two people that hmm. they can automatically go to and ask questions. Now they can ask any of us, but we're trying to create a tight relationship. Uh, right. At least between one other person that they do not know, uh, as well as for us older members to create a relationship with a new member, because we did feel that huge generational gap. Mm-hmm. And we didn't want that to happen in this group. So we're trying to come up with ways that that, that wouldn't happen. The, the buddy system, that was sort of what we, what we came up with. And we have had amazingly positive feedback around that since starting it. Uh, but a lot of other lodges ask about it. Uh, it's just worked so, mm-hmm. so well to, to guide these new members. Uh, and we ourselves, we're still learning too. I'm sure we'll always still be learning. But yeah, that, that one's unique, I think. So my last question is, uh, is the elevator qu- uh, spiel. Do you know what an elevator spiel is? No. You get on the elevator with somebody on the first floor, and you have to go to the <laughs> top floor, and you have to tell them about your organization or what you mm-hmm. have to offer. 10 floors or 30 floors? We'll give you 30 floors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what does our organization have to offer? Um So the question, this question has come up before too. Um, why would I join Oddfellows? Why would I join Bastion Number Four more specifically? What's what's in this for me? What am I what am I getting out of this? And this is assuming people have a, a somewhat of an idea of what Oddfellows are. Mm-hmm. But why would I join a group like that? Uh, joining a group like Oddfellows or you know Bastion more specifically is probably the most amazing way to meet outgoing, exciting, unique individuals that all have a similar positive, you know, optimistic outlook on life and uh, on on, um, improving their community. If you want to give back to your community in any way you know this this is the way to do it if you want to give back to make yourself you know to to boost yourself because it's something that feels good to you this is the way to do it mm-hmm. if you need or want a group of people to do this with to support you this is the way to do it. Uh, it's not just about supporting and helping those in the community. It's about supporting and helping each other. Um, this is this is a family. They have each other's backs. No ifs, ands, or buts. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they make a difference in their communities. And everything that they do is having fun doing it. It's not work. None of it's work. Mm-hmm. Everything is everything is fun. Organizing an event, it's a ton of work. It's so much fun because you're doing it with people of the same mindset of yourself. Everybody has so much in common and similar goals. Yeah, it's just it's just a truly amazing, very unique group of people. 
Fantastic. About 30 floors. That was 30 floors. (laughs) Ding. That's great. (laughs) Thanks. Well, that'll do it for us. Thanks for listening, and thanks to Becky all for joining us today. If you like our podcast, then please like us on iTunes or your podcast service of choice. Or even better yet, leave us a review. It helps listeners find us. Josh and I will be back again soon with another episode making more Oddfellows discoveries and seeing the Oddfellowship all around us. Cheers in FLT. Thank you.